This is the Commission Church Online. Welcome to our podcast. We want to be a church who brings heaven on earth through the word of God and the love of Christ. I pray this week's message blesses you. This Sunday, I'm starting the series called Hope Has Your Name. It's a mini-series, and uh, it's, it's, it's something that I've been preparing for, and I've been uh, reading through and doing some dialogue with different people and doing some study on and over the last few weeks. And as I've been studying on this subject, uh, there are subjects and things that I've been, I've been dealing with and God has been speaking to me that uh, I wish and pray that God reveals to your heart. Uh, whether you are a Christian, whether you are a, an, an atheist or an agnostic or uh, you practice another religion, it doesn't matter. Uh, I pray that you will have a place here and you will, uh, if you are seeking answers, I pray that over these next two weeks, God will answer some of those questions for you and the Holy Spirit will reveal uh, what his plan is to some of us as we go through the season of Advent. I want to title my message this morning, uh, Archegos, Archegos. Um, now, uh, the, the idea behind this series is talking about this concept of hope and how the Bible talks about hope uh, in the context of a person, not as a feeling, not as an emotion, but hope has a name. Just like peace is Jesus, Hope is Jesus. Hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Uh, the surrounding topic of hope, the, 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 the complete topic of hope, is a very complex one if you look at it. Uh, it's an intriguing one. It's a complex one. But the deeper that we dive into understanding what the coming of Christ did for you and me as human beings not as Christians, just as human beings, we begin to unravel the beauty of this word hope. And it's my desire today, I want to talk to you a little bit about hope, and uh, I want to finish off next week, but I kind of want to give you a glimpse into what that looks like, and what hope has a name looks like, why Jesus is our hope. And the concept of hope through four verses primarily in the New Testament that I will take and I will teach towards the end of this message. But I kind of want to build it to that point. I, I mentioned the word Advent a couple of times. Uh, the word Advent literally means coming or arrival. Coming or arrival. The term Advent may or may not make sense to you depending upon what church you grew up in. Uh, you may have read about the word Advent. Or you, you may have read uh, the word Advent or come across the word Advent in literature or in, um, you know, advertisements, in uh, marketing material or in church literature. It doesn't matter. In different ways or forms. If you grew up Catholic or Presbyterian or Methodist or Anglican, you easily identify with this term as the beginning of Advent. And the beginning of Advent is four Sundays before Christmas. The church liturgical calendar actually begins with a celebration of Advent, and it involves the lighting of four different candles that symbolizes various themes that surrounds the birth of Jesus. 
In a non-liturgical church like ours, in a non-denominational church like ours, we don't necessarily observe Advent the same way that the liturgical traditional church observes Advent. For, uh, you know, for starters, um, the beginning of Advent was December 3rd, and we were still in our series in the Gospel according to Matthew. Uh, and, and we did it even last Sunday. So for us non-liturgical churches, we're used to this concept of Christmas in maybe carols and plays and, uh, you know, decorating our houses and exchanging of gifts and baking of cakes and cookies and, uh, and secret Santa and white elephant and all of those good stuff. So where does, the, where does the idea of Advent then come in and how is it relevant to your life and my life? I just want to talk about this for a few minutes, and I want us more than anything else to develop a very theologically enriching way, like we have to develop this theologically enriching way in which we can, as a church, attempt to conversate the Christian message and juxtapose it uh, in the context of the Advent and how we can make the Advent relevant to your life and my life. Advent is this biblical approach to address and talk about what Christmas truly should be celebrated for and why Christians should celebrate Advent. <clears throat> like I said earlier, the word Advent means coming or arrival. And Christmas, in its truest sense, <clears throat> excuse me, is a reminder of the coming of Jesus Christ in human form. When, when God sent his only begotten son as a human being, as, a, as an infant boy wrapped in swaddling clothes, the advent symbolizes in essence the coming of the Messiah. The one the world was waiting for for a very long time. Isaiah 9 actually talks about this in a very beautiful way and kind of gives us a glimpse of what the world was in in Isaiah's time. And Isaiah is kind of talking in kind of a present tense, so to speak. And this is kind of where we'll start our dialogue this morning. And the Bible says this, Nevertheless, there will be no more gloom for those who were in distress. Isaiah was, is talking to a group of people that are going through the pangs of injustice. He's talking to a group of people that were going through slavery and torment and nations were overthrowing nations and the people of Israel had never seen peace at this point. And he's saying, you guys are in distress. And he says, in the past, he humbled the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the future, he will honor Galilee by the Gentiles with the way of the sea along the J Jordan. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Now, he's, he's talking in present tense and he's saying, the people walking in darkness, even though Isaiah is prophesying about Jesus and the coming of Jesus and the advent he is already seeing it. He is prophesying it as they were walking through it at that point of time. If you were to talk about hope, that is what hope means. Hope is not optimism. Optimism is looking at a glass uh, half empty and saying it is half what? Full. That's what optimism means. Optimism means it's not there and you just want to say it's there. Optimism means you want to believe against all odds that something will come to be. Hope, on the other hand, is completely different. 
Hope is, man, I may not see it, but I know that the promise of God tells me and reminds me, thank you, reminds me that something is visibly and tangibly there. You may not see it, but the promise that comes along with it. And, and this is kind of the hope that Isaiah is attaching to this verse. If you can bring that back up. It's, it's the hope that he's attaching to that verse, verse. And he's saying, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. This beautiful passage is uh, the, the, the illustration of what it means to uh, celebrate Advent. A sneak peek of the promises of God. There was this king that was promised throughout the Old Testament. A king that was going to be greater than Moses. And, and it is our duty as Christians to add some biblical foundation to this Advent. The coming of the Messiah. The pain that this world is going through. The birthing pangs that we as a community are going through in this season, it is so much more imperative for us to understand that we as a nation and as a church have to understand the importance of this Advent. Advent not only means the coming of Jesus in, in, in earthly form, in bodily form, in human form as a baby, but Advent means something completely and fully different. In today's relevance, in your life and in my life, it only doesn't signify the first coming. It also signifies the second coming of Jesus. The Advent is not only here to make you understand that Jesus came. That's not what I want us as a church to celebrate this week and the next week and, and all of that. What, more than anything else, as a family, Sonia and I are trying to teach the kids that it's not just that Jesus was born in the manger. That's not we're just what we're celebrating. But what we're celebrating is that Jesus not only came, but Jesus is coming back again. As a Christian, that is our hope. It is both a celebration and also an anticipation. We celebrate the arrival of the Messiah as Savior and the anticipation of Jesus as the bridegroom coming back again on the clouds to take us up with him. And we exist right now in this very moment. You and I exist in this chasm, in this in-between this in -between time, between celebration and anticipation. And this season is called a season of hope because this is not optimism we're not living in a season of optimism where we're like ah maybe we should hope against all odds it's the i know that i know that i know that my savior is coming back the hope of the church lies on the fact that my jesus is alive not only am I excited that Jesus was born into this world, but I want us to understand that as much as Jesus came, he is coming back again. That is the reason why we come together and we worship on Sundays. I'm excited that we get to do this now, but we're not going to have to do this forever. One day Jesus is coming back and I'm excited about that day. The season is called hope. When is Jesus coming back? I don't know. The Bible says nobody knows. Signs will point to that direction. But we don't know. And for many of us that are waiting, that have hope, 
And for some of us, it's a waiting that you are going through in a season of despair that you're currently going through. And your Lord, when, and you're wondering, Lord, when is my deliverance coming? When is my healing coming? When is my breakthrough coming? It's like the psalmist in Psalms 41, if you can go there with me. Where he says, and I'm reading here from the Passion Translation. I want you to listen. It says, I waited and waited and waited. I waited and I waited and waited some more. And he says, I waited patiently. But here's the thing. What's the next word? Knowing. <clears throat> he doesn't say, I, in the, you know, I, I just, you know, I, maybe God will come through. He says, I know that I know that I know. Just like, just as much as he's laying emphasis on the waiting part. He says, knowing, someone say knowing. Knowing God would come through for me. I don't know how many of you are there in that, that, that same situation right now. Like, do you hear the ache? Like, do you hear the pain in his voice in that verse? Where he says, I waited. Anybody waited before? Anybody's waited for a season of breakthrough in your life before? Anybody's waited for a miracle in your life, for a healing in your life, for a financial breakthrough, for a job breakthrough? I don't know what it is you've waited for, but I've waited plenty in my life. And I know what it is to wait. But there is a difference. Waiting without hope and waiting with hope is the difference in the Christian. And I want to talk to you about that this morning because Proverbs 13 and verse 12, the Bible says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I want to remind you, as Christians, this is very important. Even though you have hope, sometimes when you wait and you wait and you wait and you wait, and you don't see the results that you want to see, sometimes it's going to make you sick. Sometimes it's going to make you weary. Sometimes it's going to make you tired. Sometimes you're going to want to give up. Or for other people, all the time, you want to throw in the towel. All the time, you want to just end it. All the time, you want to put a period. All the time, you're looking at life and saying, there's nothing good that's going to come out of this. Because waiting has a tendency to make you sick if you don't see immediate results. And we're living in a time and age that this is more amplified than any other time in history. We're living in an instant generation. We have instant coffee, we have instant noodles, we have, everything is instant. We have an ATM, we don't even need to go into the bank, stand behind a line in front of a teller, we can command cash to happen, we can send money in no time. Come on, am I talking to somebody? And this urgency that is inside of people's hearts, and so many of us, we skip the first part and we go to the last part, the longing fulfilled part, where it says, but the dream fulfilled is a tree of life. That's what we want to see. We want to see dreams fulfilled. We want to see breakthroughs. We want to see God coming through for us. But the first part is a season that we will never understand in our lives. Because we go through sickness and we go through that pain and, and deferred. The word deferred means to postpone, to put off. And sometimes we're caught somewhere between the raging and the, the, the raging sea, the raging, the, 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 the pain that of, that's of today and the coming, you know, blessing that is, that is coming tomorrow. We're caught in between of it and we don't know what to do. 
There's another translation in Psalms 41 that says this. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me and he turned to me and heard my cry. It's the same verse in two different translations, but he says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He didn't say I waited patiently for that job. He didn't say I waited patiently for the person. He didn't say I waited patiently for that opportunity. He said I waited patiently for what? Oh, come on, somebody. Some people are waiting on the wrong things. We're putting our hope on things and on people and on individuals. And when they don't come through, you get disappointed and your heart becomes sick. And I need to remind somebody today, waiting on the Lord and waiting on man are two separate things. Come on, am I talking to somebody? God's promises are a yes and an amen. The capacity for Abraham to listen to God and to believe immediately was the word that he got directly from God. And he takes this to Sarah and says, Sarah, you won't believe what God told me. And Sarah does what? Does she say amen? No, she laughs because it was not firsthand information. It was secondhand information. But for the one that has heard from God and the one that has hope inside of him knows that no matter how long it takes and no matter how much of work has to go into it and no matter even if it's decades and decades, if God gave the word, he is faithful to bring it to fruition. Because for Abraham, he was waiting on the Lord. For Sarah, she was waiting on Abraham. She was waiting on circumstances. She was waiting on her age. She was waiting on her, you know, her, 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 the, the, the years that she had or, or the ability that she had. But God looks at Abraham and said, bro, I gave you the word. So your, your view and your perspective is completely different than Sarah. So she can laugh. But even though she laughs, you stand your ground. The Bible says waited patiently. Someone say waited patiently. The Hebrew word or the phrase waited patiently is this position of hope and expectation. This posture of hope and expectation. This posture of constantly being on the watch. That's what waited patiently means. Not just wait and forget about it. Just not write it in the diary and then forget about it. This is, hey, I've written it down because God told me to write it down. And I'm sitting and I am watching. And while you're watching, there are going to be a hundred questions in your mind. Why is God not responding to my prayers? Why did someone else get that job? Why did someone else get that promotion? Why did someone else buy a house and I didn't find a house? Why did someone else get a husband? Why did someone else get that promotion? Why, did, why is everybody else having a child and I can't have a child? Why did I lose a child when everybody else are having children? There are millions of questions that can rage in our hearts because you know what? The pain of waiting and the pain of the unknown is incomparable sometimes and you, and you cannot fully put your finger on it and explain it. But in the middle of all of that pain, when hope deferred makes your heart sick, I want to remind somebody that hope has a name and his name is Jesus. And I want to prove to you through the Bible that hope's name is Jesus. Are you ready for this? You know, I've, I've ever been captivated by ships. I love the water. I love ships. I love boats. 
any vacation that we get to go to, uh, I, I'm always on the lookout for ships. I, I still remember uh, the year Sonia and I got married in 2014. We got married in November. It was the thick of winter, amen? And, and I, I don't know, it was my crazy idea to get married and Sonia was not really for it, but I said, we want to get, I, I want to get married right away. So, so we planned a wedding around uh, February and, and we planned it and, and, and it was great. It was awesome. The day of our wedding was great, 70 degree weather. So that's not my complaint. But as soon as we got married, man, we were in the honeymoon phase and, you know, I was just looking for date ideas. So one day we went to the shooting range and we started shooting guns. We've never shot guns in our whole lives, you know. So we, we, we did that. We did different things. And one day I had this crazy idea. Man, I need to take her on a sunset cruise. Right? I said, we need, we need to go on a sunset cruise. So I, 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 I came across this website, and, and the Rockwall Harbor had this cruise this, that they went out every night, and I booked the cruise. I didn't ask her. It was a, it was a surprise. I said, I'm going to surprise you. So I think, I, I don't know when it was. it was. It was just this weekend, and I was like, I'm going to surprise you. So we went and got a hotel room by the harbor, the Hilton over there, and we're like, one day we're going to stay there. It's going to be an awesome staycation. You know? And I was like, hey, I have a surprise for you tonight. And, and and that surprise was, hey, we're going to go on a cruise. But guess what? It's like 40 degrees outside. <laughs> it was cold. We were shivering, but we had paid for it already. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that day Sonia was like, what a dumb guy I've married. <laughs> I have married a stupid guy. Like, she was probably convinced. <laughs> it's the thought. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. I am pretty sure, but I, that, that's just me. I love the water. I love water sports. I love, I love going and, you know, uh, diving into the water and uh, I don't know how to swim, but I'll put some floaties and, <laughs> you know, I, I, I like to, I, you know, I, I, I like all that stuff, man. That water, just, just me and water, we're good friends. One of my greatest desires is for us to go on a cruise one day, and we've been talking about it. One day we will, you guys are going on a cruise next week, man, I'm jealous, but I know that one day it's going to happen, but it's, it's always intrigued me, ships and, and boats and all that stuff has always intrigued me. You know, on a boat, there are different uh, roles that people play. There's a captain, of course, there, there's a cook on a boat, there's a navigator, and, and when, when I was actually studying this message, I came across ancient Greek uh, Greece and, and their way of ships. And when they had a ship that went into the sea, they had this particular role that they don't have anymore in this day and age. But back in the day, they had this role called the Archegos. The Archegos. This man's job was a very specific role. He had a very specific role. And what his role was, was the, the meaning of this word Archegos is uh, the, the word trailblazer or pioneer or author i want you to listen carefully when the ship was in a storm and when all hope was lost come on am i talking to somebody when 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 crashing of this boat into rocks or the waves was inevitable and they didn't make ships as, as good as they make them now. They didn't have steel and all that stuff. And when it was inevitable and they just needed to get to harbor, when they just needed to go and dock, when they just needed to get to a safe place, 
And, and possibly the ship was going to run into rocks and get beaten into pieces and, and it was going to be ravaged by the sea, they would call on this Archegos and would tell him, hey, we need you to get ready to go. Now, the Archegos did not have a, a, you know, a job to do every single day. He was on standby just in case his help was needed. But his job was simple. They would, not simple. Now listen to this. They would tie a rope around his waist and they would throw him into the water. Now I want you to listen. This guy was the strongest guy on the ship. He had a special ability and a talent. And the talent was as simple as this. It was, hey, I had to swim really strong and I had to guide this boat and everybody on this boat to a safe place. It could be a harbor or a rock, the closest rock he could find and take the, take the rope off his waist. You think I'm making this up? I'm not. He would take this rope off his waist and he would throw it on the rock and tie the, 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 the ship to the rock using this rope. That was his job. I say simple, but I was being sarcastic because far from simple. Because here's a man who had to be super talented, not just fight the waves and fight the sea, but here's a man that had to pull a ship using his own strength. And when I say ship, don't think about a cruise ship. They didn't have that many, that, that big of ships back then. It was, it was boats. It was big boats. But it was his job to take it. And, and everybody else, when they're cowering and when they are scared to death, it was his job to create a lifeline from a sinking boat to a rock that was about to save them. The very thing that was scaring the others was to be embraced by this Archegos. Essentially, this one man would risk his life to save all the other sailors on the ship despite how the odds were stacked up against him. Again, what does the word Archegos mean? It means trailblazer. It means doing something that no one has ever done before. It means precedent setter. It means I am willing to do this and I'm willing to put my life on the line for the greater good. What Archegos means is he's a pioneer. He's the author. He's about to start something and he's about to continue. He's about to write a story. He's about to begin something. And why is this relevant? This is relevant because the Bible tells us that Jesus is the Archegos. That Jesus is our Archegos. I want you to go with me real quick. Read this verse real quick. Um, uh, open up the, uh, if you could put up the next verse. In Acts chapter 3 and verse 15, the Bible says this. And you kill the author of life. Now, I want you to listen. The Greek for the word author is the word archegos. You kill the author, the archegos of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this, we are witnesses. Now, I want you to understand. Here are people trying to kill the guy that was supposed to save them. Like, take a second and just think about this. For ages and ages and ages and ages, they have waited on this person called the Messiah to come, but they don't believe he's the Messiah, so they crucify him. But the plan of God was so beautiful that the death itself was supposed to be the restorative method with which God was supposed to restore the people of Israel. So they look at him and say, you kill the archegos of life whom God raised from the dead. What you meant to put down, what you meant to kill, God raised up and God gave life. To this we are witnesses. Jesus was at Archegos. Go to the next verse. I want to go through this real quick. In Acts chapter 5 and verse 31, 
The Bible says God exalted him at his right hand as leader. The word leader in Greek is the word archegos. Only four times in the New Testament is this word archegos used. And the second one is here. And God exalted him, who's him, Jesus, at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. The third one. I want you to go to uh, Hebrews chapter number 12 and verse 2. We're going to go to Hebrews for the fourth one as well. But verse 2 says this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author, the archagos, and the perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand at the throne of God. Remember this when the, the ship was sinking. Come on, somebody. He took on the sin. He took on the waves. He took on, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand. Of, now, now, this Archegos had a huge, huge uh, uh, reward that was waiting for him if this ship was sailed. It was brought into a safe place. And sometimes it would just be the remains of the ship. It wouldn't be the ship in itself. Because the ship would beat against a rock, it would be broken, it would be damaged. But the very fact that this man brought it to a rock and tied this rope around the rock gave a chance for people to get to a safe place before somebody could come and save them. I want you to listen to this, y'all. Jesus talks about this and he says in these four verses, and I'm going to read the fourth verse in just a second, the incarnation of Jesus. Jesus coming down in flesh. The archegos of heaven looking at the mess of the world immerses himself into the sin of the world. And I want to remind somebody the resurrection and the empty tomb was the rope that he tied to the sinking ship and pulled it back to safety. Because outside of the resurrection and outside of the, the cross of Jesus Christ, there is no hope for mankind. So during Christmas, as we celebrate, the other day, you know, we were putting our Christmas decorations out, and there's this one piece that we have, a, a, a manger that, that I built using, some, using, uh, using this uh, pallet boxes that we had. I, I broke it down, and I built a, a, a manger out of that. And it's a piece that we put out in our yard year after year, in addition to the lights that we put out, in addition to the tree that we put out, in addition to the, the presents that go under the tree, there is this manger that we put out as well. And next to that manger are these three letters, J-O-Y, joy, and we shine a light on it. And it's a reminder not just to our kids, it's a reminder to Sonia and I, and it's a reminder to everybody that crosses our house. And sometimes we have people that stop by and they slow down in their cars to see the beautiful lights that are on our house. But behind that is a message that we are trying to send somebody. Is that the message of Christmas is just not in the lights and Santa Claus. But the message of Christmas is that God became incarnate. He sent his son to this world. And here's the beauty of it. The moment I put that crib out, every single year one of the girls will come up and say, Dad, can we put a baby in there? And I said... This year, Carissa was like, Dad, can we put a baby in there? We have a bunch of it. I said, no. I said, I said, why do you want a baby in there? She's like, baby Jesus. And I said, and it gives me this beautiful opportunity. I said, no, baby, we're not going to put a baby in there. So they said, why? But Jesus was born. I said, yes. 
But you know what hope is? Hope is reminding yourself that that manger is empty. It's not, we're not celebrating a manger that's full. We are celebrating a manger that is empty. And God, in his restoration and in his beauty, has looked at you and me and said, the hope of tomorrow is the fact that this archegos, that's the message of Christmas, that you were lost, that you were about to sink, that you were broken, that you were about to go down. But this archegos got off. Come on, somebody. He got into the turmoil. He got into the mess. He got into the sin. He got into your world and he said, I got you. And he took that rope and he threw it on you. He tied it to you and he swam through those waters and he went to that cross bearing the shame and the guilt and said, if it wasn't for me, you would not have had a chance. So today, if you are listening to me, I want to remind you, hope has a name. The Archegos, his name is Jesus. That's why I can look to tomorrow, not with optimism, but with hope. I have a blessed hope for tomorrow. I know that the pain of my today is not the end of me. It's not the end of the story. And, and this is where the last, last part comes in. Bring up the last verse in Hebrews 2 and verse 10. The Bible says this, for it was fitting for him. For whom all things and by whom all things are, uh, whom are all things. In bringing many sons to glory to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. The captain of their salvation. I take that from the NKJV, but it's beautiful because that word captain is the word archegos. He's not just the trailblazer of hope. He's not just the author of life. He's also the captain of our salvation. What does that mean? What's your storm? If you feel like you've been in a waiting season, church, it may feel like you're shipwrecked or overwhelmed, but he's looking at you and me and saying, man, it's, I'm, I'm the captain of the salvation, and this word captain oftentimes is connected to this word archegos because when there was no archegos, the captain of the ship would take it upon himself. To say, I'm not in control of this ship anymore. So the, the best I can do is to lay my life down. To become the savior of what remains. And all these people are looking up to me. So the captain would lay his own life down. And I want to remind somebody that Jesus was just not a part of a story. He was just not an art. He was the captain. He was, he was the one that was the, he, he, he was the head. He was everything. And he said, man, no one else is going to do it, so I am going to do it. I'm going to take it on. And he laid down his own life, the, the captain of our salvation. And I don't know what your storm is. And sometimes it's the fear. For so many of us, we sit back in that boat, and all we can do is just watch this Archegos go and try to find hope, try to find safety. What are the archegosses that you depend on day after day? Is it that medicine? For some of us, it's therapy. For some of us, it's medicine. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that those things are evil or those things are bad and you can't do any of that. But when our reliance is on things other than God, and when we haven't put our reliance on the archegos, and we use other methods and other methodologies, we... We, we, we resolve God to somebody that we just call in emergency situations rather than our immediate help. 
For some of us, it's fear, man. Hopelessness is not the absence of fear. Fear, in fact, is. I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want us to be encouraged this morning. The church is not supposed to be cowering in the lower deck of the sinking ship. You and I have a responsibility. Why? Our responsibility is tied into the fact that Jesus is our captain. And somebody might probably say, well, that was Jesus. Jesus knew that his death was necessary for God's plan from early on. This doesn't apply to us as average people. Perhaps, but only from terms of degree. I want us to listen to this. Like, like we, God has required us for a converted member of God's family. We must follow the same path as the captain of our salvation. Peter actually writes this in 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 21. For to this you were called because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should also follow his steps. Whatever Christ did while we are on this earth, while we are doing this time, you and I are tasked just as Jesus lived a life of sacrifice, suffered death and was raised to eternal life through resurrection. We must go through the same process, the same, the same stuff to reach the same goal so that through our efforts to be archegosses in the world that we're in, and I don't know who God is calling, but there are people around us, it could be our family, it could be our children, it could be our daughters and our sons, it could be our cousins, it could be our aunts and your uncles, it could be your parents, it could be your co-workers, it could be somebody that you know, they are the ship and you are the archegos. I want this to be relatable as relatable can be because we are their lifelines. And if we give up, if we give into cynicism and negativity and hopelessness, who do they have? There are people perishing around us day after day. And God is looking at you and me and saying the only Bible they will read and the only Christ they will see and the only Jesus they will encounter is your life and my life. But every single day, if I show up at work with a gloomy face and cuss people out and, and treat people so bad and, and do the things that the world does and we are no different than the world around us. They will not see the archegos in Christ Jesus. But day after day, if we are striving like Peter recommends us to do, but we that are called because Christ suffered for us as an example, we should follow his steps. If we continue day after day to do what Jesus did, to bridge the gap in this world that people are living in between the first advent and the last advent, are you being that bridge? Are you being that bridge? Are you being that archegos? Who will throw them the rope when they need it? Who will try and make sure that no more ropes need to be thrown? This is important, church, because if we live our Christian lives, worse than you guys can get ready to come up, if we live our Christian lives nonchalantly, like without a care in the world about people perishing around us, why are we even celebrating Christmas? Like, this is pointless, church. Like, I, I, I really want you to hear my heart on this. I want you to hear where I'm coming for because this is painful. If we celebrate another Christmas, if we go through this rest of the week and go into 24th and 24th and the 25th and we show up here next Sunday without the weight of the world upon us and the 
pain when you wake up in the morning to know that somebody that you know does not know Jesus because you withheld the message. What is Christmas? Like, is that why Jesus came? Jesus came and said, man, I, I just came so that you will feel good year after year. So you can put some presents under your tree. So your kids can dress up in their jammies on Christmas morning and open their presents. That's why I came, to make your kids feel good. We will be doing the biggest disservice to the message of Christ if we do not communicate that hope has a name and his name is Archegos, the one, the creator, the author, the, the beginning, the end, the, the captain of our salvation, this person that, that loves us so dearly that he put his own life down for you and for me. Like, don't you think that somebody that you know and that you love needs to hear hear this beautiful message of the cross of Jesus Christ. Paul says, woe unto me if I do not preach the gospel. That's what he says. He says, in the morning when I wake up, woe unto me. I, I would, I, like, like I cannot live with myself is what Paul is trying to say. Like that's radical. To challenge yourself, Bino, and tell yourself, man, that tomorrow will not be normal. And I cannot, for, for in my right conscience, go about living the way I live without somebody that I know knowing about this blessed hope that his name is Jesus. And not just that. And some of you are like, Pastor, I just don't know what to say. Here, pick one of these up and just go give it to them. You don't have to say anything. You don't need to be an apologist. You don't need to be a theologian. You don't have to say, bring them here. Introduce them to somebody here at church who can show them the love of Jesus. May I challenge somebody and tell somebody today that Jesus is the hope of your life and my life. And outside of the death and resurrection of Jesus, there is no hope for mankind. So today, no, we're not celebrating a baby in the manger. I am celebrating a blessed hope. This season is a season between the first advent and the last advent, between the first coming and the last coming. And that word coming is a common denominator that ties both these seasons together. And that season it's a season of hope, and I want to give everybody listening to this message a word of hope. Because he lives, you will face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because he lives, all pain is gone. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives. I don't have to fight this battle on my own. Because he lives, he will take on the role of Archegos. Can I challenge somebody today? Stop being everybody's savior. Stop being, putting yourself in a place where you are trying to save everybody without the help of the Lord. But pastor, you just told me to be the Archegos. I didn't tell you to do it on yourself. I said, imitate Christ. You can't give others what you don't have. You can't offer unto others what you have not experienced. 
You can't want others to experience what you don't intimately experience with God yourself. And the Holy Spirit is challenging us this morning and saying, I am your sustenance, I am your help, I am your support. I want to be that lifeline, that rope that is tied. And He did that, church. Jesus did that. He walked into those waters. He walked into the fire. He tied that rope around Himself and walked right in. And He has proof for that. There's piercings on His hands and there's piercings on His feet. And people saw that. He came out alive. They meant to kill Him. But He says, you can't kill the Archegos. He was created to rescue. He was not created to die. And the reward that Archegos got was His Father in heaven clapping for Him and said, here's here's your place in my right hand and he's got his reward already you showing up on a Sunday is not his reward you praising him is not his reward his reward was when his father looked at him and said well done my faithful servant this is my son in whom I am well pleased he lived for the audience of one and so should you as an archegos saying I don't care about hurting other people's feelings or I don't care about when people be like today I have a task and that task is share the gospel of Jesus Christ and to show people what this lifeline of, of, of bridging the gap between the two Adventists and that's all our job is hope has a name his name is Jesus would you stand up to your feet with me church There are so many people that are needing hope today. So many people that are needing encouragement. So many people that are needing a touch from God. As a church, I want us to stand in the gap and I want us to pray. Can I do something this morning? If that's you. If you are just holding on for dear life, you're in the ship and that ship is sinking fast and you don't know what to do. Can you trust the Archegos? Can you trust Jesus, the author, the captain of your salvation? Like think about that phrase. He is the captain. He is in charge. He is the one designated to save you. The captain of your, what is salvation? Saving. That is what salvation means. The captain of your salvation is the designated person to save you. That's what he calls himself. I'm the captain. I am the Archegos and I took on that role. See, and this might not be so profound to so many people, but when, when, when the Bible writers were writing it at that point in time, they were writing it to people that would understand this message. And immediately, as soon as they would read the word Archegos, the reason so many people got saved and transformed and baptized was the cultural relevance of this just made sense. Wow! Like Jesus is my, like he is the Messiah, he is the Savior. And today that Savior is here. And somebody needs this today. I don't know what hopeless situation that you may find yourself in. 
want you to surrender that before the hand of the Lord. And say, God, I need a touch from you. Like we do every Sunday, I'm going to pray and close out. And if you need to just linger and be in the presence of God, I want you to do that. Thank you for listening. We love bringing you the word on so many different platforms. We are so thankful for what God is doing in and through us. We'd love for you to subscribe so you don't miss out. And don't forget to share this message if it has blessed you.